Hello and welcome to Smoke and Burn. I'm Casey Gresseth, your host, and today I'm joined by an old friend of mine. Um, boy, we've known each other for a long time, you know, when you think about it. Uh, Dan Smith. Dan is a corporate field trainer for BG Products. He's a former uh, BG Elite million dollar sales rep and uh, has just done a lot of really cool things within the automotive industry. So welcome, Dan. Good to have you. Thank you, Casey. Uh, hello, BG family. It's good to be here. Now, Dan, you're kind of preparing. Your uh, This will air after convention, but you've got a, uh, a panel at, at the distributor convention, right? Yeah, that is correct. Um, I am going to be fortunate enough to uh, speak on independent garages, kind of like a roadmap to profitability. Um, you had mentioned that I'm a, a field trainer for BG, and uh, that that is obviously true. Um, my focus is primarily in the independent garage world, uh, the aftermarket, trying to you know just continue to get our distributors to get excited and continue to uh, drive the independent garage market. So. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, having a, a breakout session at convention and talk a little bit about a, I guess it's more of like a, a playbook, if you will, to uh, profitability in the independent garage world. So, yeah. Awesome. Practical stuff is what it sounds like. Very practical. That's right. Keep it simple. Good deal. So, uh, Dan, you've, you've had a pretty long career with BG. Um You've worked with them in several different capacities and stuff. Can you kind of to give us a sort of a, you know, the, the, the story of your career and how you ended up where you are today? Absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how long the, uh, the podcast is uh, designed to air, but uh, we'll, we'll be as detailed as we need to, but we'll, we'll, try to, <laughs> right. we'll try to keep it somewhat simple. So, yeah. You, you know, give you, us the Ken's Burns uh, version, <laughs> like three and a half hours so, or whatever. Yeah, no, no. So, so you, you would hit it. Uh, in the opening when you had mentioned that we, we have known each other for uh, some time. So I want to say, I don't know if there's going to be any fact checkers uh, on this uh, podcast version, but you know, we, about 17 years ago, I believe, um, you know, I was just in a, a phase of my life where, you know, believe it or not, I was actually working construction. Um, still, uh, believe it or not, trying to finish college. And, you know, as hard as it is to believe, just not really, you know, it really didn't have any direction. Um, and I don't mean that as in a bad thing, but, you know, I just didn't really know, you know, what did Dan want to do with his life? And I had got, uh, I had gotten roped into coaching uh, basketball for a private school, which obviously there's a, there's a little Casey Gresseth story here, but um, yes. So, anyway, so that's like the origin of our history together. Dan <laughs> was actually my basketball coach for a number of years. And, you know, if you caught episode two with Caleb uh, Williams and Michael Paul, they were on the team too. So um, it was just, it's yeah. just weird that we're all working together in this context now, considering where we were, you know, 15 years ago or so. Yeah. So anyway, so that was kind of the beginning. And, and obviously that was how, um, you know, I met you and of course met your father, met your grandfather. Um, for some uh, reason beyond my ability to, to, to fathom your, your father, um, you know, saw something in me and, and thought I would uh, maybe have a, uh, a career in, in, in the BG uh, profession. Uh, so anyways, one, one day he, uh, you know, had asked if, if we could get together and, you know, this is going to be funny cause I don't think I've, I've ever told anybody this and it's not really that big of a deal, but I remember when your dad approached me, I thought, Oh no, I hope this isn't one of those pyramid, 
uh, selling <laughs> scams, you know, because those were kind of big at the time. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I can't say no. But anyways, the the, the bottom line is, is, is obviously what your what your dad um, uh, had in store for me was incredible. It was obviously life changing. And so, you know, your, your dad introduced me to obviously what he did at the time. Obviously, he was, um, you know, our, our distributor in Detroit and uh, the Michigan uh, area. And anyways, one thing led to another. And obviously I uh, have not having any sales uh, uh, experience and, and no automotive industry experience. I uh, decided, you know what, let's give this thing a shot. And um, one thing led to another. Your father hired me as uh, an independent garage territory uh, representative. And, you know, to be honest with you, I look back now and I think, man, it was one of the best things that that ever uh, happened to me. And I say that because, um, you know, not that I couldn't do a dealership territory, but, you know, um, I didn't have any bad habits. I didn't have any really any baggage in the industry. So it just was a great fit. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so, you know, jumping into an independent garage territory, um, you know, being taught by, you know, your father and your, you know, Merle, you know, your grandfather and just a lot of great um, people who had who had been successful in the in the, in the industry. I just absorbed everything I could could absorb, and and I just attacked you know building an independent garage territory head on. And um, anyway, so I I, I developed uh, you know I kind of developed territories or developed a territory for your father in Metro Detroit. Independent garage territory was super fortunate to again, like I said, be around great people that allowed me to be successful. Um, I know this is more than kind of just answering the question, but I think this is important. One of the things that I'm so thankful for is, you know, your, your dad, uh, you know, and Merle and, you know, the whole team, they didn't, you know, they, they allowed, they allowed me to, to, to just be who I was, who, who I needed to be and make mistakes. And um, I look back now and now that I'm in the field training and, 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 and such, I look back and I think, wow, that was, I, I was just so fortunate to be in an environment where I, really could do nothing but succeed. I mean, you would have had to have been a complete moron not to succeed in that environment. Um, anyway, so moving forward, I uh, worked for your father for a number of years, uh, had tremendous success, very thankful for that. Um, parted ways for, for a number of years, went, uh, was very fortunate, was able to go into some marketing, worked for a marketing company. Um, with via that, Through that marketing, uh, our, our biggest clientele uh, or industry, if you will, was uh, the automotive industry, more specifically the independent garage world, um, because that was kind of where my comfort zone was. Um, and then a number of years uh, later, your your father again, um, you know, beyond reasons that I'll that I'll probably never understand, uh, rang me up and asked if if I would be interested in, in coming back to work uh, for him uh, and Peter Burlow, of course, uh, at the corporate level. And I've now been in this position, I believe. Almost two years, a year and three quarters ish, and um, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be more thankful. So that's that's kind of a, a snapshot of of um, kind of my history with with BG. Right, and you know it's it's funny you mentioned the uh, like the pyramid scheme aspect <laughs> of things. It's that's all you got out of what I just said. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. It's just. I've just I've had this conversation with other people with MBG is like when you go to a, when you go to approach somebody that maybe you're interested in hiring or talking to about a position and they're not like like if this is not a guy at a dealership or something like that as somebody who doesn't know our industry or have any familiarity with BG it's really hard to describe it without sounding like you're trying to talk them into selling berry juice door to door. <laughs> 
it, it really is. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's, it has some of the same hallmarks. Like it's almost like owning your own business and, you know, it's the, the, the sky's the limit, the unlimited potential and people are just rolling their well, eyes. <laughs> but you know what? But, but let me tell you something. It's funny that you even bring that up because I, I'm not going to lie. When you had pr- approached me about doing this podcast, I'm thinking, okay, you know, you kind of start thinking about what do you, what do you want to convey and, you know, what do you want to, what type of value do you want to bring to this experience? And I, I would have never thought of what I'm about to say had you not brought that up. This is so your dad. He didn't approach me with any of that. I don't even think he really got into the details about what we did. I think your dad just simply said, I think you will be good at it. I think it's a great career. I think you'll be highly successful. Why don't you come and ride and get, you know, and, and I say that because, you know, it's kind of like, I don't want to say kind of like cold calling or whatever, but, you know, sometimes we, you know, get in our own way, or I'll, I'll raise my hand and be guilty of this. You know, I'll, sometimes I'll get in my own way um, by saying more than I should. And it's just like, shut up, keep it simple. And, uh, you know, because when you brought that up, I'm thinking, how did your dad approach me? And it's like, you know what, I, I think he was just kept it pretty simple. Look, um, you'd be good, you, I think you'd be good at this. I think you, you could make a lot of money and come ride with us and, and, and check it out. Well, yeah, no, I'm definitely guilty of, uh, <laughs> I'm new to management. I'm trying to learn how to, uh, how to interview people because ultimately like what every interview turns into is me selling them on BG. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's very counterproductive. Right. So uh, if you guys, if you don't know, Dan, um, Dan, you're a high energy guy. You're a, a a pretty vibrant individual, and I think you're uh, you kind of downplaying the impact that you had on the market in Detroit. Um, you really, when when Dan came on board, there was you know there were some independent accounts, I think, but it was largely undeveloped. Most of the focus had been placed on dealerships, you know, which is kind of how BG always tends to trend. You know, uh, Dan really saw the 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 potential in the independent garage realm and how big it could be. And if I know this is a crazy question, if you had to put a ballpark number on how many accounts you've opened over the years with BG, what, what do you think it would be? Well, you know, I I, I don't, you know, that's, that is a a crazy question. I'm going to say several hundred. I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Um, because I, you know, I try to, you know, one of the things that I, that I wish uh, I had access to was some of, some of my data, meaning, uh, I don't want to get into too many details here, but Sharon Jones was, uh, the, the, the lady in our office who had to oversee my paperwork. And, you know, back, back then, um, you know, we didn't have, you know, and I don't mean this like it was that long ago because it wasn't. But technology moves fast. But you know, back back when I yeah, back when I started, we didn't have a lot of the tools and a lot of the data at our readily uh, at our fingertips like like the guys do today. Um, anyway, so I say that because you know, there's numbers that I wish I could share in the field that I don't have. I kind of have to guess, um, and I, I don't want to be inaccurate. But anyways, to answer your question, a lot. Because 
you know, like, like I do with the guys in the field when I'm out working with our, our distribution network is, and we, you know, I, I love cold calling because to me, I love to have fun with it. There's no risk. There's, you know, that's just, it's just, let's just go have fun. And yes, let's have a plan. Let's be prepared. Um, but I, I always loved cold calling. And so I wasn't afraid. I mean, I, I was kind of like that, that ADD squirrel type approach where I'd be driving down the, the street and I saw a shop and I'd slam on the brakes and I would whip in there. And I mean, it was just, I didn't, there was not a shop that I was not going to get into. Um, anyways, I might be getting a little head as to maybe some of my, my philosophy and approach on, on attacking an independent garage territory. But to answer your question, Casey, I really don't know. I, I'm, I know that when I sold a million or 1.2 or whatever that number was, I know that I had about a hundred accounts that, you know, I really focused on, um, because at some point once, once my territory exploded and, and, and matured, um, you know, you have to, you have to work more strategic and you, you know, things change. And, um, so, you know, people ask me all the time when you, with that one, 1 million or whatever your territory was, how many accounts was that? It was about a hundred accounts. Um, like core active accounts. Core active. And that, and those accounts ranged from, you know, a couple thousand dollars in sales a week to, you know, $250 a month. And everything in between, but that's what it took um, to be successful with an independent garage territory. But so, so, so that's a good segue. Let's let's talk a little bit about your your philosophy on an approach to an independent garage territory. Um, you know, for a guy that's just getting into this business, you know, I, I to, being an instructor at BGU, I get to talk to a lot of guys that are brand new or have spent like a year in the industry. Um, and very seldom does someone hand over a successful, well-functioning territory. You know, most of the time it's, it's like, well, here you go. Try to pick up the pieces, you know, what the other guy left behind. Um, and especially with the independent territories, you know, a lot of these guys are handed massive amounts of accounts, a lot of which are inactive, doing very little. Um, and you know, they're, they're trying to build momentum in an account that, you know, the, the magic kind of went out of BG for these guys yep. years ago. So where do you, where do you start? I mean, what's, what, what do you teach guys in the yeah. field when you're out riding with them? Yeah. Excellent question. And, and it's, 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 it's everything really. So I, I always look at, I always look at this game or this industry or this career, you know, in a couple different ways. Obviously uh, you had, you had brought to light that, um, you know, I'm a new, whether I'm a new uh, rep with a very, uh, under um, developed territory, obviously there's going to be a lot of time for cold calling. And then obviously then there's the other side of the coin where maybe I've inherited a territory where, you know, just it hadn't been worked or, you know, whatever the dynamics are. So I have some accounts, but the, 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 the excitement for BG products is just hasn't been there. And so now I have to kind of work that side of it. So the, the, the simple answer to me is, the industry trends, right? We have a lot of different things we can offer. We have a lot of different ways that we can help these guys make uh, ethical uh, money. But to me, there's no better place to start, whether I'm cold calling or whether I'm trying to uh, hit the reset button or revitalize an account uh, other than bringing up industry trends. And I know that's kind of, you know, sort of, you know, kind of being played out, or maybe I feel it's being played out. It's because of what I, it's what I, it's what I live, eat, breathe and sleep every day. But, you know, 
when I'm cold calling, I'm talking to guys about oil consumption and fuel deposits and these new technological cars. And, you know, and, and every, you know, I, I rarely, if ever, have gotten into a cold call where the, the, the decision maker has not, is not experiencing these problems and frankly is, is, is ready to allow us to come in and show it and to show him what we have, you know, be the fuel and the, and the, and the petroleum or the lubrication uh, experts. And then on the flip side, so, so to me, that's, you know, the industry is so prime for the picking right now um, that we, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that at, at convention with, uh, with the numbers and just the, the, the tremendous opportunity. Um, but from a cold calling perspective, industry trends, oil consumption, you know, engines for life, fuel deposits, you know, we've just have, we have incredible opportunities and, man, we should be embracing this um, just more so than ever. And then, of course, when I'm revitalizing an account or, you know, hitting the reset button, you know, of course, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the low hanging fruit. And the low hanging fruit is the industry is proposing these problems or these issues, you know, the condition cause uh, cure thing. Um, Let's attack that thing. Let's get these guys excited about that. And then once we you know, then once we move forward and we build the relationship, whether it's a cold call and it's now a new account and or I'm revitalizing an existing, then the next step that I take, um, you know, and, and again, there's always these things that are foundational, you know, smoke and burn demos. Um, Casey, I can't tell you how many times I get into accounts all over the country where I'll be with a technician or maybe even a shop owner and he'll say, man, I remember that guy bought, brought in that, that, that wheel and he, he, got that thing squealing, you know, so we underestimate sometimes the power of a, of a, of a smoke and burn demo. So, you know, I, I don't want to go into, get into the weeds and go into the details of all the intricate layers, but, you know, the smoke and burn uh, bearing, you know, demos with all the different services and, and the, obviously the equipment demos. But one of the things that I really like to then do is, you know, sit down with the decision maker I like to really find out as much as I can about the state of the business. And this is where it's a lot of fun because you start, you get to ask questions and you get to find out, you know, car count and how many oil changes and brake jobs. And I like to really get as much information as I can so that I can then put together a roadmap for success. And along the journey, I get to learn a little bit about the, the decision maker, the shop owner, whomever that may be. Um, and, and you, you'll learn a lot about then what's the ne- next direction to take. Um, but, but to me, foundationally, it's got to be built, whether it's cold calling or hitting the reset button with, you know, what the industry is primed for right now, which is oil consumption and, and fuel deposits with these, with these new technology cars. Absolutely. So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, uncovering the pain points that you know are there, you know, that the, the problems that they're seeing on, on vehicles day in and day out. Um, you know, I kind of find that the independent guys, like there's some really knowledgeable people out there in the independent shops, but then there's also a, a, a large segment of these guys that really haven't had a ton of training over the past 10 years. And they're a little scared of, these new technology engines that you're talking about, you know, they're starting to see these things. I mean, it's, it's gotta be the, the brunt of the business that they're doing at this point, you know, direct injection and variable valve timing and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that like my dad's always said is, you know, whoever is willing to go in and talk to them about it first is the person who's going to get that business. Right. So, so you're taking the standpoint of, you know, the guy coming in with the answers to the problems that they're not really sure what to do with. 
No doubt. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, um, you know, the, the timing of this podcast is actually really, really, really good because I think it was just, no, it wasn't last week, but it was two weeks ago. I was in Nashville, um, with Rocky top and we had an incredible time. Um, we did a lot of cold calling and, you know, the, 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 the guys out at Rocky Top, uh, Ken and Kent, you know, they, uh, they, they know that they're not, um, they're underperforming in the independent, uh, aftermarket, uh, segment of their end of the, of the industry. And so they said, Dan, come out, let's, let's hit this hard. Let's focus on this. And, you know, we did a lot of different things, you know, independent garage nights, and we can get into that later. But, you know, the point is, is we did a lot of cold calling. And one of the things I was explaining to the guys when we were out cold calling is I said, guys, listen, we have nothing to lose. Because we know we're the best, we know that we're right, and we know that the industry has these problems. Now, whether our audience believes that that, you know, that's obviously yet to be determined. But my point is, is that we're either going to win, we're, we're going to win, even if they say no. And here's what I mean. I think we cold called 12 shop. Listen, this was so fun. We had to quit cold calling by lunch because I think we had two or three weeks worth of meetings already set up. And they're like, they're like, Dan, listen, we can't. And I'm just like, guys, this is like addicting, isn't it? But the, the point I'm making is, is that because these guys are seeing these problems, they wanted what we had. Those that didn't agree or see what we did was, is we left them with this. We said, listen, we said, we, we, we truly understand, but just know that when you guys do start seeing these issues, just know that we're here for you. Here's our, here's our information. Um, you know, we're going to continue to get back in here. Maybe we'll stop back in two, three weeks a month. But, but, you know, it, my point is, is that we were educating them because we know sooner or later, they're going to see those problems. Um, anyways, uh, even make a long story uh, even longer. Uh, since my time with those folks in, in Nashville, um, they they had received a call from one of the uh, facilities, and um, he says, "Sure enough, you know what? You you guys got us thinking. We started checking uh, the engine oil as you guys recommended, and sure enough, so they ended up getting a demo. So I guess the the, the moral of the story, and I know that this is foundational, and I know it's very simple, and you know most of the guys in the audience that are listening to this, this is not profound, late breaking." you know, information. But I think sometimes we underestimate the power of just getting out there, getting excited about the fact that the industry is primed for this. We have got to attack this thing. Um, you know, to, to what, to what your dad said, be, be the first to, to the, uh, to the deal. And, um, so anyway, so I don't know where we were going with that, but I'll turn it back over to well, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I think the other thing too that that because uh, when I was first starting out, you know, I I rode with Dan quite a bit. Uh, he had the displeasure of managing me for a short time when I was in college. <laughs> I did like a a quote unquote internship with with Primaco, and uh, at the time I was really more interested in in being in a band than I was working in any sort of capacity. So Dan had to listen to me like blather on about my, my band at college, like all summer long. I I did buy a t-shirt by the way. Yeah, you did. (laughs) I appreciate that. So, um, one of the things that I learned early on riding with you and, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys at Primico was, you know, you, you approach the technology side of things was, was kind of how you baited the hook you know, but, but really how you developed the kind of like 
you know, high producing accounts that you had was you got, you got very involved with the business side of things. Kind of like you were saying, you ask questions, you find out more about them, but you know, I think that, that, that is a, an underdeveloped aspect of, of a lot of BG guys territories is at the end of the day, you know, you're a, a, a business consultant to these guys. There's a lot of independent shops out there that have, you know, very talented technicians and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, they're not always the the most proficient people when it comes to running a business. Right. And uh, I think you really stepped into that role, you know, in your accounts. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I guess for me, I, I'm far from the sharpest, you know, tool in the shed or, or the, have the highest intellect you know, in, in most groups, but, you know, I guess for me, I would sit back and I would, I would beat my head against the wall and I would say, guys, what am I missing here? Why, why are we underachieving? Right. We've recognized the, uh, a problem. We, we, we know we have a solution. It's good for the customer. It's good for, you know, the, the shop or the facility. It's good for the food chain, everybody in the middle. What, what am I missing? And, you know, I just, I sitting back as an objective observer and, and frankly, at the time early on as, as an uneducated, you know, sales or, or to your point, Casey, business associate, I just, I couldn't figure it out. I was so frustrated. And so, you know, at the end of the, the bottom line is this, when you bring this up, the, first, the, 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 the thing that comes to my mind is, and, and one of the things that I train our guys in the field uh, on is we have, we have got to show value at every level or every layer within the within the the game, right? And so, real quick, some some basic examples: um, shop owner, right? Um, and, and and again, I know we and most guys are doing this, you know, revenue reports and things like that. That's why it's important to understand car count and understand how many oil changes and brake jobs and uh, you know air filters and cabin air filters and tune ups and alignments and you know, those things. And a lot of guys will say, "What? Uh, you're you're the BG guy. What do you care about that?" And I'll say, "Well, you'll see. Just 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 stay with me, anyways." And so, so creating value um, with, to the owner. Um, and it's one thing to just go in there with a revenue report and say, hey, look, you're seeing X amount of cars. If we have a 25 percent penetration rate, here's where we would be. And that's great. And that's better than nothing. Right. Um, and I but, think that's where a lot of guys, you know, that's where they they start and end with revenue reports. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, to, for, for me, I like to I like to get in and I like to, uh, you know, I like to show them you know, the value of the oil change. And obviously, you know, we kind of start, we get, we begin the, the process with, with value and the engine for life and MOA EPR. And then how that is a springboard for changing the culture. And, you know, obviously then, then we parlay into, um, you know, kind of rim training, if you will, and, and, you know, partnering like services and, you know, and, and, and you know, guys know this, I mean, this is somewhat, you know, elementary type stuff now, but, um, but anyway, showing at the end of the day, that's sort of the big picture of showing the value to the shop owner. Not only does he see what's in it for him, but he also just now gets a, a clear, more clear picture as to how we're going to attack uh, his team with valuable training and perspective on growth. Obviously, then the next uh, layer is 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 the the the, uh, the service associates, and you know I kind of call them that. Um, you know, service advisors, sales guys, you know, whatever. Um, I. I I somewhat stay away from sales only 
you know, not that that's a bad word, but uh, I always, I tend to train on sales becomes the byproduct of proper advising. And anyway, so, but, but, but the service associate or, or the advisor, um, you know, kind of find ways to, to connect and, and per, make it personal for him, you know, whatever his commission rate is or how they're, you know, a lot of times advisors are, are the most difficult, frankly, because sometimes their pay plans are, are difficult. And frankly, most of them don't even know what their, their pay plan is. They, they just know that that's the truth. They just know the more they sell, the more they make. And so, you know, to some degree, you kind of have to, you kind of have to weed through that. But, you know, technician, you know, I love technicians because, um, you know, they, they play such a vital role in a lot of different things. So personalize it for them and showing them how to, whether they're a, a percentage of the ticket uh, guy or, a uh, you know, flag and, flag and labor uh, hours or, you know, whatever. But the point is, is, is really getting in and spending time. Not only, not only are you, are you, my saying is this, guys, listen, we may not agree philosophically, meaning that I think we do agree that preventative maintenance is what's best, but, but let's just say we're not totally eye to eye on, on it and how to execute it. We can't argue the numbers, right? We can't argue the fact that Mr. Technician, you're seeing X amount of cars. You don't have to pull another car in, in the shop. You can do a few simple key steps and we can guarantee that you're going to add X amount of labor dollars per day, per week, per month, per year. And that's life changing. That's life changing. Um, right. So, just, so really connecting the dots for them on like what, what a successful maintenance program could mean to them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of funny you bring that up because, um, we've really been trying to reevaluate some of our accounts in Kansas and, and just figure out like what exactly what you're saying. We all agree that this is in the best interest of the customer. We're all on the same page there. Uh, we all know it can make us more money and stuff like that. So why, why are we not selling guys? And I think what, uh, what sometimes we forget to do, or, or maybe it's just something that, that we haven't done in a while you really got to constantly sell each person in the supply chain on what a successful maintenance program could be to them. That's right. You know, to that technician, you know, you think he understands that, you know, if I average X number of services a day, it would mean this much money to my paycheck, but they just don't think about it that way, you know, and, and we're guilty of the same thing in, in BG, you know, we sometimes don't realize that we're, we're tripping over dollars to pick up pennies you know, these guys, I think it's important to spell it out to the technician. You know, if you were able to average X number of services per day, which is minimum, right? this is what it would mean to you at the end of the month. I mean, could you benefit from, you know, a thousand dollar a month increase? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But I think you're right with, with advisors. Sometimes their pay plan is a little tougher to sink your teeth into. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but, um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I really, you know, I really think that, that as long as you just continue to foster these, these concepts and these philosophies and, you know, so, so I'll give you another quick um, kind of idea that I've just kind of landed, landed on. And I was actually in Sioux City, Iowa. So I guess I was in Nashville two, uh, two weeks ago and I was in Sioux City last week. And last week we were working with a Honda store. So it's not an independent garage, but but one thing, let me just say, if I give you guys any, you know, examples of independence or car dealerships, listen, in my opinion, they're, they're almost the same. Yeah. You know, I might go talk to a service manager and he's going to be really in tune with labor dollars or labor hours. And, you know, the, the, the verbiage and some of the philosophy changes a little bit, but 
the meat, the meat of what we do really doesn't, in my opinion, it really shouldn't. Um, and we can get into some more of that in detail maybe later, but the, for this, for this point I want to make is I was in a Honda store and, you know, we were doing some training and we were, you know, we just had a lot of good things and it just, you know, in full disclosure, total buy-in from everybody at the store and, and a lot of good things are happening. Well, what we did was we put together a menu. Um, we're, we're going to hopefully get them on smart VMA, but we gotta, we gotta walk before we can, or we gotta crawl before we can walk. And anyway, so we got, we have just a, a simple, uh, not even a trifold, but it's a, it's kind of a laminated, real simple menu. And it's, it's a, it's a 5k, a 10k, a 15, and then it's every 15. And you know, we got without going into details, we've got, you know, you, all your stuff built in, um, you know, 45, 60, et cetera. Well, the, the moral of the story is this, is what we really got the advisors doing is obviously, you know, whatever the customer comes in for, it doesn't matter if it's an oil change or not. We're then obviously looking for that opportunity to put the menu in front of them, point out their mileage interval. Now that in itself is not new. Everybody's doing that around the country and, you know, to some degrees having success, maybe not so much. There's different ways of, of handling all that and it's all good. But where, where this has to do with what this has to do with the technician is I took that same menu and I laminated it, but with each package, I put the technician's labor hours and I found out which, you know, fortunately these guys were open enough to tell me what they're, what they're generating. And I was actually able to crunch the numbers and laminate it and get each technician their own setting on the toolbox. So they have to steer at that every day. And like a 60 constant reminder of the value. Yeah. So, so when I'm a technician at that Honda store and I sell for every 60 K I know I'm going to make like 200 and, you know, it's like eight, it was like 8.1 hours and, you know, uh, you know, whatever, 25, 30, $35 an hour, you, you do the math. So just little subtle things like that to, to your point, Casey, just personalize, uh, each layer of the food chain. That's a great idea. I don't think I've ever done that, but that's, that's a fantastic idea. I think sometimes we we under I th- I, and I talked about this a little bit with Caleb and Michael Paul. Uh, we get so focused on the service advisor that a lot of times we don't really uh, spend enough time selling the technicians on what we're trying to do. Well, you know, the twofold benefit of of giving the technician a menu. Matter of fact, I just put menus in um, a tire store, a tire group. Um, I'm here in Raleigh, uh, Durham this week and we're working with Black's Tire. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that story in a minute, but the, the twofold benefit of that menu to the technician, uh, with his labor dollars, um, you know, in each package is not only does he see the value of what each package is going to bring him, but I also said, listen, guys, we have a system. So the, 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 the advisor on the drive, they're going to do their part. They're going to they're going to sell an oil change uh, with, with, with something, and then they're going to present uh, a package based on the mileage. Um, and you know, then here we go. We're going to create awareness for the multi-point inspection, and we're going to set ourselves up for success right out of the gate. We're not going to prejudge. We're not going to prequal. You know, none of that nonsense. This is what we're going to do. These are what we call non-negotiables. And then now what's cool about it is now the technician, um, if, 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 if a package doesn't get sold pre on the drive, 
then when he goes through and does his thing and does his multi-point, he now is able to look at the mileage and find the package and recommend the package. So we're going to hit him again, but we're going to hit him again from a different angle. And, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to have success all the time, but what it does is it gets everybody involved. And and uh, I even printed up one and gave it to parts, you know, making sure I want everybody involved. So, anyways, it's yeah they so they they back up the advisor's recommendation on the multi point, right? Yeah. So the customer is seeing it from both angles. If they turned it down on the drive, then when the advisor goes back and does his rim presentation, you know, hey. Mr. Customer, you know, the technician did want me to stress to you the importance of the 45,000 mile service. I knew you declined to do that right at the beginning here, but are you sure you don't want to just get that taken care of while you're here today? Exactly. We're going to hit them again. That's it. I mean, it's not rocket science. And, you know, again, uh, you know, it's not magic. Is it sexy? I don't know. But here's what I know. It's fundamental. If we do it every customer, every time we're going to grow. Um, and I'll, I'll give you one other thing. And again, I don't, I, I think this has to do kind of with, with the topic here, but you know, I remember years ago, you know, I was an independent guy and you know, I was constantly looking at the, the Merle's and, you know, Casey's grandpa, the, 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 the Dan Davises and, um, oh gosh, I don't know who, uh, just all the guys that were successful in, in selling a lot of stuff. And, you know, I remember them going in and saying, yeah, Hey, I'm going to work on the drive for a couple hours today and I'm going to pull fluid samples. And, you know, back, back when he did a lot of dabble lubing and stuff. And I thought, man, why can't I do that? You know? And so I was like, you know, I'm going to start doing that in my independence. And anyway, so I started doing that. Well, fast forward to today, what I'll do now is I'll go in and I'll spend time with just like we will with the advisors, but I'll spend time with the techs. And when they're going through their multi-point, um, I'll say, Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about the rim and let's, let's start partnering. Like, you know, what, you know, what, what are we diagnosing this for? Okay. Well, what is, what's, what's the diagnosis? Okay. Before we move on, what ethically can we partner with that? And I'll start to try to get these guys to start thinking the way we want them to think after already proven to them how it's going to benefit them financially and benefit the customer. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at there is just investing time with the techs in the shops. You know what? Say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take an hour, uh, whatever, you know, once or twice, three times a week, whatever your schedule allows, and just start investing time on the, in, in, the, in the shops with the technicians, both in the car dealerships and or independent garages. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot of shops that don't, you know, a lot of times you find that a store, whether it's an independent or a dealership, it doesn't function in this cut and paste A, B, C, D way that we, you know, ideally want to see them function in, right? right. There's certain stores and especially certain brands, you know, um, we're, we're currently trying to revamp the program at some of the Highline stores here in Wichita. And, you know, these, these stores are heavily reliant on the technician's recommendation. You know, the advisors are very apprehensive about talking to the customer about anything up front. They really want that to come to, from the technician. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if we don't spend any time with the technician, getting them bought into the idea of normal maintenance recommendations, right? Following some sort of a recommendation schedule, uh, doing every inspection the same way every time. I mean, chances are we're just going to spin our wheels in that store. And I think that's traditionally where we've been at in in these particular dealerships. So you really can't skip any link in the chain. You know, if 
if the technicians aren't on board, you're only ever going to be so good in that store, you know? And, and like you said, parts, you know, sometimes parts is a great way to help guys hold, help hold the advisors and the technicians accountable. Cause those parts guys, man, you get the right guy at the counter. He's going to ask questions when he doesn't see things going across the table. That's right. So, well, it's funny you bring that up. I'll, I'll say one, one little thing and then, you know, I'm sure we need to move on maybe, but you know, lately when I've been doing a lot of my training and obviously in the car dealerships, um, one of the things I'm starting to have success with is, um, when I do my training, I try not to do, uh, I try to do training with at least two or three people. And here's what I mean. I try to get a technician. I try to get an advisor. And I try to get a representative from parts. Now, I'll just give you a quick example. We'll go back to, to Vernity Honda in Sioux City. That was the most recent recent uh, experience. So I'll, I'll use them. Um, it's a small dealership. Four advisors. Um, eight. Eight techs. Nine techs. Twelve. Anyways. Um, two parts. Guys, so talk to the service manager, talk to the parts manager and said, hey, look, this is kind of what I envision. This is how I'd like to see it happen um, with your blessing. This is, you know, let's schedule it this way. We did three, I did three days of training. Um, they have a nice training room upstairs. And anyway, so we got, we, and, and, and what that did is that accomplished a lot that I don't have time to go into today. But the bottom line is you don't get a lot of finger pointing. You know, you don't get, well, it's their fault. Well, they're not selling. Well, they're not doing MPIs. You get everybody in the room, you eliminate that nonsense. But when you bring parts in, you really, t- A, you show parts that they're part of the, part of the, the, the team. But I also mm-hmm. like it because, you know, we, when we're talking about cabins and I'm like, you know, what does parts want to do? They want to sell parts. Everybody thinks that, you know, they, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that have to happen. I realize so many moving parts with op codes and different things. But, you know, when we get parts in there and we say, guys, look at when a cabin air filter goes across this counter, what better be with it? When brake pads and different things, what better be with it? You know, when we're doing plugs, what better be with it? Um, you know, just all these different right. things. And we're, we're, we're getting them to connect the dots. And we're like, you guys are, are another layer of oversight. What's your job? You guys want to sell parts, right? Well, join the join the game, you know, get in the game. Let's go. So anyway, so that was a little rabbit. I think that's a great point. You know, that's kind of, you know, wrap it up that, that subject, you know, Merle, my grandpa, he always used to say parts rarely does you any favors, but if they want to, they can be a real pain in your butt the whole way through. (laughs) So, you know, getting them to, to, you know, feel like they're part of the, of the program, you know, gaining momentum, it really would, if you get every part of the, you know, everybody in the, in the department excited about what's happening, not only is it generally more successful, but it's more fun too. Like everybody feels like they've got a hand in the, in the success that the stores having. So kind of, uh, I, that's all, that's all great stuff. Um, you know, going into, uh, we're, we're, this time of year is always crazy if you're with corporate, cause we've got, um, convention in late October and then there's apex and then you go into the holiday months and stuff like that. Um, you know, so really right now is generally where we're kind of trying to make a game plan for, for 2020, you know, what are, what are the things that, that we're going to work on? Um, I see, I realize you're seeing a lot of different types of stores in a lot of different areas, but like, what are the things that you're pivoting to right now? Like what, what are you, What's priority number one when you walk into a store 
that's already an account? What are you trying to get going? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, really just kind of, you know, just rewind and, and kind of most of what we've already talked about. So the first thing that I always do is, is put my finger on the pulse with industry trends. And, and um, if they're not really connecting and executing at a high level with, with, you know, oil change, MOA, I prefer, I, I go, I go for the jugular everywhere I go with just, listen, let's take the sales out of this Let's take the sales equation out of it. Let's just build MOA in. I show them that it's really not that much, you know, it's not that complicated. People will pay for it. Most of these guys, if you don't say that and you go ask them about oil changes, they're not excited about them anyways. So I'll use that. I'll use that against them. I'll say, listen, five minutes ago, you weren't excited about oil changes anyways. Who cares if we add, you know, 12 or $13 to it? You know, what you're doing is you're going to change the culture. Now, I could go into an, you know, I could get, you know, I could rabbit trail that whole thing, but to answer your question, what I, my game plan for 2020 is, you know, I'm, I'm really going to continue to push the envelope with engine for life, you know, obviously GDI and, and, and platinum, uh, fuel, um, those are the probably, you know, and then, and then for me, it's just the path of least resistance. I'm going to hit those hard because that's low hanging fruit and it's going to be, and we're foolish if we don't continue to attack that. Um, and then, you know, the path of least resistance is obviously break jobs because, you know, after oil changes, that's probably the next highest volume service that for the that's most part they do. So we're going to, we're going to, you know, and people say, well, I don't like break Well, you know what? I, you know, when I built my million dollar territory, I didn't get caught up. I just took the path of least resistance. I didn't fight. I just, you know, I, I found a connection and I, and I ran with it. So uh, break, break fluid and then, and then more from a business um, philosophical. One of the things, and I learned this from Perry Lindsay here in, in Carolina BG, so I definitely want to make sure I give him credit. But earlier this summer when I first started coming out here working with him, you know, he really, uh, he really got me to see the value. And I, I don't think he meant to. Um, I think it was just something he was doing and um, – Anyways, and so, but but the the value of menus in the independent world, right? We we think menus and smart VMA and all this stuff, and we think car dealerships. And um, anyways, we he he put together a really cool menu, and just just kind of a a disclaimer. What I did um, was I took that menu, and I actually uh, had uh, one of our incredible employees at uh, at BG Corporate um, by the name of Mary Augustine. She's incredible when it comes to to Excel. So she's shout kind out, of my, Mary. Yeah, shout out Mary. Anyway, so I, I had her put this uh, this this menu in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet. So if anybody wants it, just just hit me up. But what's cool about it is you can take that into any independent garage, um, and when you see it, it'll make sense. But you can put alignments, pricing. You can put uh, air filter, cabin. Um, you know all the BG services, even including four by four and air conditioning and tire rotations and balance. And it's just a really good all makes all models uh, menu. And when you plug the numbers in the Excel spreadsheet, it automatically computes. So you get your, your interval, your package. Um, anyway, so having said that, what I'm really doing is outside of uh, the low hanging fruit is I'm really, I'm really focusing in on processes. Um, you know, oil change menu, let's get MOA just built right in MOA EPR 44 K. Uh, once we, once we, uh, sell an oil change, let's talk to the customer about, Hey, based on your mileage, uh, let's go ahead and flip that, that menu over. Let's find your mileage. Uh, here's some services that we're going to recommend today. Could we go ahead and, uh, we're going to go ahead and do those for you. And then of course we're going to do a multi-point inspection. Um, and man, you're going to be in great shape, uh, leaving here today, you know, just having fun with it. 
Um, and the cool part is, is that menu's laminated and going back to the technician. So we're always on the same page, but really getting these independent garages to buy into uh, that, that, you know, that type of thinking. Cars aren't changing. Uh, to your point, I think you brought this up earlier, Casey, these, these you know, high technology, super sophisticated uh, cars are, are hitting the aftermarket. Um, you know, they're not, unfortunately, they're not factory trained technicians. So, um, you know, they're, they're, believe it or not, I really think the independent market is going to be uh, going to be a great opportunity because these guys are going to be forced to get more into some of the maintenance and stuff um, rather than just have the fix it mentality that they've been they've been able to have for so many years. So, oh, yeah, I think so, too. Anyways. So. So you really like if, if I'm a shop owner and you're and you're approaching me about MOA. And you're telling me, Hey, let's just, let's take the sales out of it. Let's just build it into the cost of the, of the oil change. Um, you know, what if, if my answer is, well, I don't want to scare people away with price. I mean, that's going to raise my oil change price to where I'm not competitive. You know, I, I don't know if I want to do that. How do, how do you respond to that? Well, a couple different ways. Obviously, it's going to be, the, 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 you know, some of the some of the surrounding information might be, you know, um, as I'm gathering how many oil changes he does, I'm going to read him. And if he if he's not really into it or he thinks he does too many or he's like, yeah, you know, then, then I'm going to use that against him. I'm going to say, listen, I get it. I, I don't agree with you. With all due respect, I don't think you're going to scare anybody away. Matter of fact, what I think you're going to do is I think you're going to uh, you're going to connect with the clientele that you're trying to build. Don't you want that clientele that's willing to, to pay for a strong valued uh, uh, service? And then that's going to be the springboard for other other things. The other thing that I would say is, um, and I know this is you know probably a cop out and it's not really going to be a sexy answer, but hey, you know what? what let's just try it. Let, why don't we just try it? And, and it, after after thirty days, if if you feel that that it's uh, you know that 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 you're right and I'm wrong, then we can always go back. But man, what would it be if I'm right and you're wrong and we just, we failed to do it because we were afraid. So why don't we just give it a whirl? You know, like I said, I know that's not really a sexy answer, but you'd be surprised how many times uh, I've actually had the shop owner say, yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. What do I got to lose? Let's do it. And sure. I don't think, knock on wood, I don't think I've ever uh, really had anybody come to me because it's, you know, again, just as recent as today. I'm in what I'm in a tire store and, you know, we're trying to get these guys to present uh, an oil change. But now, unfortunately, this menu has an oil change without it. But when the customer comes in, I'm, I'm helping these guys recognize, look, these people want direction. I'm not saying they're always going to buy. Okay, I'm not trying to paint some some world that guys are rolling their eyes right now saying, yeah, right. What world is he living in? I know that everybody's not going to buy everything, but when when what I was training on just as early as this afternoon is when they come in. Just point and say, this is what I recommend. And I'm telling you, it's amazing the, the people that'll, that, that we're buying. So um, anyways, that, that, that's my answer is I'm always trying to help them understand the value that, that I think that this is going to help them attract the customer that they really want to do business with. Um, and hey, let's, it, you know, we, we, we won't know until we try it. So it sounds like like when you're training advisors on how to interact with a customer and present things, um, do you find that that simple is best? Yeah, because I think I learned this from your dad one time. Um, 
you know, for those of you who are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm far from a Bible scholar, but you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a Bible character named Samson. And, you know, for anybody that knows a little bit, he was a strong guy and his strength was in, was in his hair. And I think he found like the jawbone of an ass in the desert and he slew like a thousand Philistines with it. And, you know, just was a madman. And I think your dad told me one time, he says, salespeople, they ruin the sales the same way every day with the jawbone <laughs> of an ass. And, um, <laughs> So, you know, I just tell guys, listen, you know, like today, you know, I go, guys, you know, did you hear me once really get in the weeds technologically or, or chemically or, you know, from a profound, you know, um, no, I talked about the value, you know, I talked about, you know, anyways, I, like I said, we could, we could spend two hours on just, you know, on different ways to, to sell an engine for life or an oil change menu. But, but yeah, to your, to answer your question, it's, it's simple is always better, um, because simple, what simple is going to do is simple is not going to allow you to put your foot in your mouth out of the gate, but simple will usually always allow you to add more information as needed um, before maybe the sale is lost, if that makes sense. Ah, that's a good point. You know, if the customer wants to go deeper, you can take them deeper. Right. Yeah. So um, how... how how much of a, a factor is role play in your in your training with everything, service staff? Everything. Um, when I do, yeah. I mean, when I say it's everything, I mean it. it obviously, I was saying that the, the the right answer is it's very important. Um, I love to do role play. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I in my in my presentations, I usually have two or three different scenarios. So, for example, when I'm doing. Um, part of my my training on on rim or multi-point inspection organization and things i have as i know you do and i know i know we're doing a great job at bgu with but you know i have several different scenarios and you know and we just role play and we just have fun with it and uh it's really cool because i like to get excited and high five them and, and say did you see how simple that was you know you you're sitting here thinking that you need to be all rico suave and you know say all the right words and you know sometimes it's just as simple as you know with, with this plugs, we're going to clean the fuels, you know, blah, 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 move on, move on, move on. It's going to be X amount. How do you want me to proceed? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, especially when you're talking about like related services, you know, um, we're, we're doing a fuel system repair, you know, the, the, the wrong way to approach that situation is, Hey, along with that today, we also recommend in addition, a fuel service, which is a good idea to clean out the fuel system you know, it's, it's extra, you know, $150, but we really think it's a good idea. Do you want to do that as well? You know, right, right. It, the best way to approach it is just, hey, Mr. Customer, we're going to replace that O2 sensor. We're going to clean out your fuel system. Your total investment is X number of dollars. Bingo. So Bingo. Yeah. earlier you mentioned uh, independent nights. Yeah. Um, I know that's something that you, you really strongly push out there in the field what's what does an independent night look like to you yeah i'm glad you brought that up because you know it's easy to to rabbit trail and to get all over the place in this really vast you know industry that we that we live in but yeah so independent garage nights um you know there there there's really no right or wrong um you know, I have sort of some staples, but usually what I'll do is when I, I'll get with the distributor and find out, you know, again, I'll attack them just like I'm attacking, attacking a, a shop owner. Um, what are you trying to accomplish? What, what are you, what are you good at? What are you not good at? What do you, what do you see as low hanging fruit? And, you know, and, and, you know, the funny thing is, is usually when I get all those answers, 
Um, usually the independent garage night that I've been doing usually covers, covers the multitude. So again, the first thing that I like to do is I, um, you know, I, I always cover industry trends. So I like to educate people again on, you know, oil consumption and fuel deposits. And yeah, I, you know, I probably do go a little bit deeper than I should. Um, but, but in my defense, my independent garage nights also have technicians there. So I like the technicians to get, a, you know, um, I like to, to kind of wet their whistle a little bit too from a technical uh, side of it. But, um, you know, independent, uh, I'm sorry, industry trends, I obviously will go through services and I like to do some real quick role playing. So for example, it'll kind of go like, hey, you know, listen, I know you guys are, are, are very familiar with our staple programs like transmission, brake, power steering, air conditioning. But I'd like to take about 15 or 20 minutes and that's really all I'm going to spend to fly through all of them. Because really what I want you guys to see is there's some real simple word tracks with each service that really that's that's the extent of where we need to go with it. Um, you know, and then obviously that'll segue into uh, platinum or, um, you know, obviously platinum is part of industry trends usually, but uh, then that'll segue into sales and rim and multi-point inspections and menus. And um, believe it or not, I try to cover kind of the gamut and I, I do it in a way that takes about an hour and a half with a break halfway, if you will. Um, and it's, it's detailed enough so that people come and feel like, um, I think there's some substance and they weren't just pushed like BG sales, you know, smoke and mirror stuff. Um, but also we leave them with now the rest of the week, the, the schedule is going to fill up fast, but if you want us to come in and, 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 uh, zero in on a detailed focused plan to help you grow. Cause of course I'll talk about the business side of it where, you know, we'll talk about the money. I include, you know, the value to an owner, the value to a, an advisor and the technician, you know? Um, so really everything that we've talked about in this, in this podcast, Casey, I really try to touch on all of it. Um, and you know, just try to try to trigger something with everybody that's there. Right. Just, just make a, make a, a big enough impact on everyone there that they want to hear more, that they want, they want to yeah. seek out more information on Some it. Some people are going to connect with, uh, you know, Hey, I want, I love the engine for life oil change menu. We're seeing a lot of oil deposits, the fuel. Some people are going to connect with that. Some people are going to connect with, yeah, and you're right. You know, I'm seeing all these brake work and all these alignments. I should be checking power steering and tying that stuff together. Um, some people are going to connect with, yeah, you need to come in here and help us with menus and train, you know, just so, you know, what we do is we just try to connect everything. Uh, one of the things that um, I am going to start adding is um, in Richmond in a couple weeks, I think we're going to do a smoke and burn night. Um, and oh, we're nice. just going to, yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that uh, I know exactly uh, what it, what it entirely looks like other than, you know, we're, we're going to get, um, you know, one of the shops that we, that, that came, as a matter of fact, one of the shops that came to our first independent garage night in Richmond and they're just, they're just, they're so bought in and they've just been an incredible account um, uh, that they said, Hey man, use our facility. They happen to have a really nice facility, which helps. And we're just going to invite a, a bunch of shops uh, in the area. And, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to just do a bunch of, a bunch of demos um, for different services and, you know, just, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've hit them hard with the business side. Um, I know the value of smoke and burns that, uh, that needs to be, that needs to be, uh, a significant part of it too. So, so coming from a, like a, a training point of view here, you know, obviously you can do 
you know, you can keep guys at a shop after work and do some basic training with them. But what, what do you think the value of getting a bunch of different shops in the room at the same time is? Yeah, it, it's incredible because, um, you know, obviously number one, you, um, you get different perspectives, right. And, and both good and bad, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. You know, like I said, well, I don't think I said it. I think I have it in my presentation for, for convention. You know, we, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to make, we're not going to be all things to all people, but, um, just getting different perspectives. The other thing that I try to do, and I actually did this back when I was doing independent garage nights in my territory in Metro Detroit was, you know, I would pick a, a certain segment of uh, a certain geography of town and I would take my very best customer in that, uh, area. And I would, first of all, get their permission to show their numbers and I would, I would invite them and, and sent them for coming. And, you know, not like it was a, not like it was a, I would pay them to lie, but I would, I would say, look, you know, I'm going to need you to, you know, be vocal and, 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 and I might even call on you in some way. So, um, because that way, obviously the, uh, the business professionals can see their peers, uh, buying in and asking questions. Um, and usually, and like I said, I, I definitely don't want to, um, you know, come across arrogant here, but, um, you know, usually we got to kick the people out after because everybody's so fired up and excited that 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 in itself is valuable because um, you just uh, other business, you know, business professionals see other business professionals getting excited about things and they're like, you know, maybe I should be too. So there I don't is know if that sort was of the answer like you're a, looking for. But. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's that's what I've kind of noticed too is like, having a bunch of these guys that may or may not know each other in the room at once, there's like this weird sort of energy that builds there. That's hard yeah. to attain otherwise, you know? Absolutely. It's like, um, I think in some ways they're kind of like putting on airs for each other. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like nobody no, wants great. to be the one in the room that looks like they're just not going to do anything with all this information, you know? Um, but that's, that's a great idea though, is kind of prepping one of your customers to sort of be the the model during that yeah. meeting you know this is how this is working right now for someone in your backyard with the same sort of customer base you know this is possible don't, and these people are doing it exactly i was just going to say don't tell me it can't be done um so yeah so and i'm going to get i'm going to share a couple of those examples at repcon um we have a bosch service center and then we just have a you know just a it's rose auto clinic and you know, one's in Mechanicsville, Virginia, and the other one's in Fredericksburg. And, um, you know, they, they came to independent garage nights. They got excited about industry trends and they saw the value of, of menus and, and, and processes. And, you know, the one facility was only buying like $200 a month. Um, they sustained all the way through 18 and so far through 19, um, just under 2,500 a month in purchases. And they know they have more, they have room to grow and we're working on that. But to go from $200 a month in 2017 to like $2,485 a month, you know, all of 18 and, and, and growing in 19. Um, and then the other store is about 3,200. So, you know, now keep in mind, these are, these are independent garages only seeing about four, 400 cars, 500 cars a month. Right. Well, you and know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, that as an independent guy, you have to keep in mind too, is, you know, you're dealing with stores that don't see a ton of volume, but if you can get, you know, 10 of your lowest producing accounts that what, maybe buying a hundred, 200 bucks a month, 
you know, if you can get those guys to each average a thousand dollars a month, which we all know is not much, right? That's minimal service sales. You know, that's that's enormous potential growth in your territory. And and it's not requiring anybody to be like this superstar, you know, once in a blue moon account. Like you're just you're just achieving like minimal levels of success in each one of these stores. Well, let me let me just throw some real quick numbers at you. I don't know how we're doing for time, but let me just throw some real quick numbers at you. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this at convention, but um, so there's a hundred and there's 164,000 businesses in the United States that are performing at least 30 oil changes a week. Now I know that doesn't I know that's not sexy at all when we have you know car dealerships that are doing that an hour, <laughs> right? But 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 stay with me. So. You have to keep in mind there's a foundational percentage that I need everybody to know. BG Products, we with one of our case studies or one of our industry uh, studies, we we know we're in, we we have about a 26 percent penetration, um, you know, in in the independent market with with MOA, right? So the there's a so so that 30 the the, the 164,000 businesses that are performing about 30 oil changes a week, uh, that's 120 oil changes a month, okay. If we get 30, if we just got a 30% penetration, which means if, if, if for every 10 that I have in my territory, if I can just get three, right, then my sales go up $354 every month. Now, again, I realize that maybe to some people, they're, they're, they're kind of like not getting excited about that. But a guy who sold a million dollars back when MOA was like $4.85, <laughs> Or maybe it was MOA was like three eighty five. Oil changes were nine ninety nine. Um, I'm telling you, there's there's power there. There's opportunity. And so anyway, so you take twenty six percent. The 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 simple point I'm making is that you know there's as as a company we should be selling close to seven million dollars a month in MOA. Uh, to independence. And that's very realistic. Uh, you know, you know, 26%, then getting 30% of that 26%, because we're already in 26%. So we don't have to go out and find any more. So I know I've thrown a lot of numbers, but all I want to simply really the point I'm making is is, you know, it's there. You know, the opportunity's there. And if we're, you know, if we don't take it serious, then then we're risking somebody else taking it serious. And um Man, I I don't I don't want to take that chance. No, you don't want to be second to the party. That's for sure. So, man, Dan, I appreciate you being here, um, especially on short notice, man. But uh, I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around some of the 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 key takeaways from from this. I mean, I think one is, um, you know, swing for the fence in your accounts. Ask for MOA in every oil change. You know, go in and expect that to happen and you're going to be successful. You know, um, keep your training practical. You don't have to be Mr. Chemistry wizard. You know, your, your advisors need practical, simple word tracks. You know, role that's play. what's exactly role play. Prepare. Don't just give them knowledge and, and information. Prepare them for the scenario that they're going to face tomorrow on the service drive. Um, get everyone involved in the program, you know, parts, 
technicians, management advisors, everybody can play a part in the program. Um, you know, menus, 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 menus. Uh, yeah, processes. Exactly. Processes. If your shops don't have a plan for presenting services and, and selling maintenance, you need to be the one that helps them build it. Yeah. You know, I, man, it's, that's great stuff. And I, I think, um, you know, a lot of practical info in there, stuff that, that you can start doing tomorrow in your territory. So that's, that's the secret, you know, is, is just, um, practical that you can get out there and, you know, and, and it's funny you say that because that's, that's usually what I end my independent garage nights with is guys, listen, this is information. These are tools. These are concepts that you can take when you open the doors tomorrow and, and, and change your business. And, and our reps, our reps uh, can do and need to do the same thing, right? We, that's, that's actually one last point that I really would end with. You know, we as reps, we're trained well. We have great tools, BGU and all these different things. Uh, we have great distributors and, and so on. And we go out and we, we really train our, you know, we really push, you know, we talk processes and this, that, and the other. And, and you know, every customer, every car and, you know, all these different things. But sometimes as reps, as BG sales uh, professionals, we don't do the same. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that's sort of an old cliche practice, what you preach, but man, sometimes we just need to do the same thing. We need to take some of these real simple techniques that I think we overlook and just uh, get out there and start executing them uh, yeah. one account at a time. So. Your, your accounts can't take advantage of all the opportunities on the drive if they don't have a process guiding them through it. And the same goes for you in your territory. You know, right. if, if you're just out there flying by the seat of your pants every day with no process, you're, you're just going to step right over a lot of business that you could otherwise take advantage of. Yeah. And, and, and furthermore is, you know, uh, when I, you know, just again, not to brag or, but just speaking from personal experience, when I, you know, what, when, when you build your territory where you, you have a lot of accounts. If you're not organized, then you know processes will set you free. That's you know. I remember I was talking to an independent garage that he said he was too busy. The shop owner said he was too busy. You know, he says we love BG, we want to sell more, but we're too busy. And I said, man, I'd love to come in and spend a few days and look at your numbers. And you know, we were able to do some things. And 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 I, listen, I'm far from a wizard, so I'm not trying to you know come across like I'm some you know all knowing you know business guru, um, but. Man, we were just able to go in there and get him to, to, to get buy into some processes that caused his guys to be more efficient and consistent. And um, gosh, the owner was like, oh my gosh. He said, I'm excited. I actually have a plan for 2020 that I can grow other than thinking I got to blow that wall out, add two more bays, and think that I needed to see more cars. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, I appreciate your perspective. <laughs> appreciate your passion. Uh, again, thanks for being here and, and I'd like to have you on, you know, periodically just to hear what, what you've been doing in the field and, and what's working out there for you. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate it too. It's an honor and, uh, I, uh, appreciate you giving me some time tonight. So thank you. All right, Dan. Well, thanks a lot. Everybody listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, keep, keep an eye on, uh, on the Podbean page and stuff like that for updates. Um, like I said before, you know, this, once I've got a few episodes under my belt, I'll be able to apply for, uh, you know, like the iTunes store and some of those other places where you typically find podcasts. But, 
Um, until then, just keep an eye out. We will be releasing episodes every every about every two weeks, so two a month. And uh, man, thanks for everybody who's downloaded so far and listened. I hope this has been valuable and and has really added some things to your to your plan for for next year. So that being said, Dan, thanks a lot. Have a good night, man, and same to the rest of you guys. <laughs>